in a world where Mad Lab Theater. What are you doing? Making the Mad Lab ad for Cinema Wheeler Tay. Oh, here's my other one. Susan thought it was just another day, and then she met Mad Lab. Why don't you just say that Mad Lab is the new works theater in downtown Columbus, featuring hilarious comedies, powerful dramas, improv with FFN, the annual Young Writers Festival, and the longest running shorts festival in central Ohio, Theater Roulette. That sounds pretty awesome, especially when I do it over the Star Wars theme. Star Wars is always a good choice. Mad Lab, the original. For more information, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or visit us at madlab.net. Episode of Cinema Wheeler Tay. It's uh, Sean, Talk, Scott, and Tony once again. Hi. Hi. And uh, we're joined by our very first three timer, <laughs> three time guest, the one, the only, Josh Greenwald. Yeah, the, <clears throat> fortunately, the only. <laughs> Third time's a charm. Three timer. How's it feel to be in the three time club? Is it pretty good? Yeah. <laughs> my, uh, my jacket. And my certificate of conclusion. <laughs> right. You're becoming the Steve Martin, Alec Baldwin of Cinema Wheeler today, I think. You know? <laughs> You're in that ballpark. You and Sarah Booker, I think, are the two comp- competing members of that. Well, uh, I brought on Josh specifically today because this is one I've been looking forward to, to doing for a very long time and covering. Uh, it's a movie that comes straight from my childhood, and so I can't wait to relive this nostalgia. It's... The one, the only, the Transformers, the movie. <laughs> More, right, and to clarify, this is the 1986 Transformers animated movie, not the Bay former Michael Bay Transformer movies. Yeah, yeah, when, when you first asked me to do this, I thought that's what we were doing, and I'm like, oh, that's that, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I had to clarify. No, this is the '86 movie. You know, I don't know where to begin. I, I mean, I don't even think I've, think I've seen the last couple. I, I, well, I saw the first one, and I was, yeah. like, no. Yeah, that's that's something we'll touch base on, you know, because it, it, it's kind of an abomination in a lot of ways. But um, I grew up loving the Transformers. Like, when I was in the mid-'80s, um, I was at the right age. I was like seven or eight, like six, seven, eight, when Transformers came out. And I was a pop culture junkie then. Like, you know, I got into He-Man when He-Man came out. You know, I was probably more casual with G.I. Joe. And it took me a couple years to get into the Transformers because they debuted in 84. And they had like a five-part miniseries to start promoting it. Like, it was only like the five-episode arc that they had when they first landed on on Earth. Yeah. And I, were, I got into it, I liked it, but I wasn't really fanatic about it. When I first got into it was, uh, uh, I think it was around season two when they started bringing in, like, all the combiner Transformers together. They started creating them on the spot. Yeah, like the Voltron style. Right, yeah. the Voltron Some style. Struck, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the Combaticons and yeah. stuff. I remember there was a specific episode arc where 
The Decepticons created the Stunticons, who were essentially cars, because all the Autobots were cars and road-based, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And then the Autobots, to counteract that, created planes, because most of the Decepticons were planes, or they could fly. They were, like, air-based. And... <laughs> Which is a good strategy, I guess, for yeah. the war, is to counteract what the other what the enemy has. But they would imbue them with personalities, and they started adding a lot of the mythology of Cybertron, which is the home planet of the Transformers, for people that are uninitiated. And just started adding, like, when they started adding the mythology to it, and, and to kind of enhance these characters, I really got into that then. Yeah. I was like, wow, this really makes it a lot more interesting for me. Um so that's kind of my story arc with the Transformers. Like, how did you guys encounter them? We'll start with Josh on that. Uh, you know, I don't ever remember there not being Transformers. Uh, like you, I was really obsessed with it. I just, I wanted every single Transformer toy <laughs> there was. Um, and, you know, I, I still have some. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I actually found one of Soundwave's tapes. Oh, I don't know yeah. where Soundwave went, but I found one of the tapes. And, you know, even the... The little uh, holographic sticker that you'd rub and it'd light yeah. up to tell you if it was an Autobot or Decepticon. And that, that still worked. Awesome. Um, but, you know, I, I lived... It was like my Buckeye football when I was that yeah. old. You know, every Saturday morning I would get up like at 6 o'clock and, and just get ready. I'd have my pregame for the <laughs> cartoon where I'd play with all the, the robots. And, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it probably until I was... Man, it, it maybe is as old as 11 or 12... I kept, you know, getting all the robots I, I possibly could. Yeah, I mean, that's, that was kind of my reaction to it, too, at the time. And, and Scott, I think, I, I know you were obsessed yourself. Yeah, I, I loved the, uh, I think they were, they dominated Christmas and birthdays for several years. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do distinctly remember there was, like, the $10 version of the Transformers, and then there was, like, the smaller, like, it, like, <laughs> The ones that came in the there's the ones that came in the box packages and they were more money and then there's the ones that came in the uh, the single like action figure type package uh, which were cheaper they were like five dollars or whatever whenever you go to like a department store like when we were growing up they were called Hills and Best yeah. those are like the two prominent in Northeast Ohio where mm-hmm. like those kind of stores and Best would sometimes have like a, a diorama of the Transformers like in action oh, like wow. they, they would take the toys and like kind of put them in some sort of uh, um, formation that looked like they were doing some sort of battle or whatever. Uh, kind of like with the catalog, like the Sears catalog, you get it, and they would do the same thing to like say, oh, look at all the Transformers around like some a planet that's not Cybertron. I don't know where they're at. <laughs> I remember. That cool. I remember it was a big deal. Like you could always buy the $5 Transformers, the smaller ones like Bumblebee. Yes. Know, yes, like yes $5. Yes. But then when you get something like Ironhide or Jazz, it was like $10. And that was a big deal to buy one of those Transformers. That was a lot of money. Though. It was. It was a lot of money. They were well, expensive toys. Optimus Prime was a lot of money. He yeah, it was forty or fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah. But there was this one uh, dinosaur one. I, uh, it was called. Uh, it started with a T. I forgot the name of it. it oh, was, was it the 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 city dinosaur to turn into a yes. battle station? I had that one. I, that was like my big present for Christmas yeah, that at that time. Was, that oh, was, that was amazing. Cost a hundred dollars. That was that was. They loved the dinosaur transformers yeah. too. Like they yeah. they and could I, get it. I remember I would try to find that cartoon that had that in it, that toy, and I could never see it because it was on like. Transformers, they would put them on weird, like, in the morning during the week. Yeah. And it was like, when they started doing that, I could never watch it, because I could never get up early enough. Or was it during when I was going to school? And I was so disappointed, because now, you know, you can DVR something and watch it later, but... 
I, I remember I wanted to watch it for that, that one. I remember there was a comic book. Yeah. That Marvel have the comic book for Transformers. Yes, yeah, and uh, it was in the comic book. The, the dinosaur that turns into a city. Um, Trypticon, by the Trypticon. way, is Trypticon. Yeah, yeah, Trypticon. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. There you go. That's, that's, that's yeah, it. we'll publish pictures later on. But yeah, there was uh, the Autobot equivalent was Metropolis, maybe or Metroplex. I think it was Metroplex, Metroplex yeah, and he was a white right. Transformer. Uh, Not as cool as Trypticon. Everybody no. wanted Trypticon. Trypticon was a pretty cool toy. Yeah. Um, I also the comic books were interesting too because Marvel. I think they also helped co-produce the television series, mm-hmm. and they. Um, you know, I remember the comic books. It was always st- st- struck me when you read the comic books that they were slightly <laughs> radically different <laughs> than the other stuff. So yeah, completely different storylines. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in fact, if you look at these Transformers wikis that I'm sure Sean and I were pouring over, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were. And if you look up a character, it'll say, okay, the cartoon storyline and the comic book storyline, and especially when we're dealing with the um, the five headed things that we'll talk about later. Yeah, they, they have completely different stories. They do. They do. I, I, well, I think the comic book would probably be more intricate than the TV show. Is that not unreasonable? Or? No, it's true. And I, yeah. think, I think even now, uh, the, the comic book is sort of, for Transformers people, it's considered like the better of the... The canon. Because I think right now there isn't really a, a good cartoon. I think there's yeah. a preschool one where they just turn into fire trucks and help people. Um, <laughs> well, it's but, for a different market. Like, uh, the, car- yeah. the, the comic book guy would be more story-based and have to get into characters because you're reading it. That would be... The cartoon was for, you know, we're going to make toys of these. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but... Uh, well, Tony, what is your uh, first exposure <laughs> to... I am still here, gang. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know it's a long, rich history. <laughs> uh, uh, I... Was not born until <laughs> the movie came out, um, and I was not really even fully aware that the Transformers existed until <laughs> the 2007 remake with Michael Bay. Wow. <laughs> you have to understand, I have all sisters, I'm a girl, we just, Transformers were not a thing. Are you telling me that your father didn't say, let's take one-year-old Tony out to this <laughs> cinematic masterpiece? And actually, then depending, actually... I may have been a few months old because I was born in December of '85, so oh yeah, I would have been a newborn at this point. Um, no, of course I'm. I'm. I just never really, especially this cartoon version. I mean, I've heard of the Transformers, but I never watched the TV show, um, and there was no really connection to this at all. That's not to say that I didn't like things in the '80s. Like I loved Ninja Turtles and stuff, but Transformers, I just never. Uh, really got into and the Michael Bay movie definitely didn't really <laughs> my interest I don't know how that would have turned anybody off from the property at <laughs> well, all. That, that would make sense because I think this movie pretty much the first cycle of Transformers this pretty much was the end of the road like, yeah. like yeah. this pretty much ended like the the really high end fascination with Transformers because then it just shifted uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like, took I like over. Them. I like the music. Yeah, the other things kind of took over at this point. Well, uh, the trajectory was really like He Man jump started. Like, well, Star Wars really jump started merchandising in yeah. a big way yeah, in the yeah. early 80s and mm-hmm. Muppets, maybe too. But then it went to He Man, G.I. Joe, Transformers, and then Tur- the Ninja Turtles were like the next after the Transformers. Mm-hmm. And I read today that the Ninja Turtles were a reaction to the Transformers because. 
uh, parent groups were complaining that the cartoons were too violent on TV in the mid '80s. I didn't Star realize Wars this. Star Wars was pretty violent. Watching this movie, yeah, well, yeah, the movie especially. The movie, movie especially. Bad. That yeah. and that's something we'll talk about is like how radically extreme they went with certain things yeah. that they didn't do in the TV show. But I think it's interesting because Tony, uh, I think it's true. Like there really wasn't much of an awareness of the Transformers no, in the nineties. Like not. we knew it because yeah. we grew up with it, but it wasn't like it was in vogue or fashion no, or anything. Especially if you're a girl and yeah. you had any older brothers that would maybe introduce you to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just well, there's no female. Well, there was one. There was one. Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget about RC with <laughs> yes. the included lipstick. <laughs> yes, there were actually some other. There was like I think at one season. Like Optimus Prime had a girlfriend on Cybertron. Yeah. I think there was an episode like that where they went through, but like, but how the gender politics of Transformers? I'm kind of confused by. Yeah, why I don't, I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why is there a gender at all? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I'm really confused mostly by the science. You know, you watch this movie and it's all in space, mm-hmm. but gravity's not a factor. No. Well, that, we'll go into so, that. That there's some there, si- scientific uh, issues. And yeah. because I didn't watch the TV show and. No, you. Even if you did watch a TV show, there would be a lot of questions with okay. some of the, yeah. some of the. Is the it science. always in space? Is this always supposed to be in space? Well, the the premise of the original series, and and I'm glad we're touching base because I want to talk about that. Is like the the Autobots and Decepticons are these two warring factions on Cybertron, which was a planet of transforming robots essentially, and they were running out of energy and and resources on their own planet, so they had to go venture outward. To replenish their Sorry? resources, or to the space. Uh, I think they were just looking anywhere. If that's yeah. my impression. Yeah. Well, what happened is the Decepticons attacked the Autobots, and their ship crash landed into a mountain on Earth. Oh, okay. And so they were like in low battery mode for like a millennium or something like that, like yeah. for for a long period of time. Millions of years, I would Millions imagine. They crashed during the dinosaurs. Were, I, right. did, I did have some qualms though with this movie. I don't know if we're going to get into well, it. Oh, we will. We will. We will. Yeah. We'll have time. Yeah. yeah. Are you just saying there are plot holes in this movie? <laughs> no, not even plot holes. More, more like, um, well, it was quite violent. And, you know, I don't know the names, forgive me, but I know the one guy is a, the main guy. He's a Decepticon. He, he basically gets rewarded for being bad and evil and killing people. Well, that's... He gets a second chance. And then you have people calling each other idiots. And it's just, it's not very, you know, kid-friendly. And I wonder, is this good influence on children? <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, that's the thing. You're looking at the product. Yeah, you're looking that. at the yeah. end result. If we are not a poster child for, for good behavior. Well, uh, the Decepticons are deceptive. Uh, they live up to their name. And... Uh, they all crash-landed on Earth, and then they started adapting to Earth technology. So, like, you know, Optimus Prime would turn into a semi. Bumblebee would turn into, like, a little buggy sports car. And they befriended two humans called Sparkplug and Spike Wiki, who are two construction workers. I think they worked on an oil rig somewhere that the Decepticons... Don't they become Transformers, too? I think in some weird way Spike ends up being a Transformer. I, I can't remember specifics. Yeah. Exosuit. Exosuit. Yeah, they made some sort of exosuit. But that was essentially the plot the first couple seasons where the Transformers, the Autobots were protecting Earth from the Decepticons, and in return, Earth would help them replenish. Like, the Autobots were well-liked on the cartoon. Like, nobody questioned that the Autobots were hanging out with humans and stuff. It was yeah. yeah were, there's that little boy Daniel, right? Is yeah, that's Spike's son because the movie jumps into the future in the year 2005. 2005. <laughs> <laughs> wow! So at this point, the Decepticons I think conquered Cybertron, and so they're full time on Cybertron. And then the Autobots have been relegated to the moons of Cybertron, I think. Mm-hmm. And 
there is a new crop of Autobots that are running Earth on what they call Autobot City. So they obviously started a full-fledged colony at yeah. this point. Um, and really, the backstory of all of this is the Transformers were designed by Hasbro. I think they were based on another Japanese toy line. Um, and they bought the rights to this and started adapting it as Transformers. And they were looking for a way to promote the toys because they had lifted this ban on like that's the reason like pre like 82 or 83 you didn't see a lot of shows promoting toy lines well post 82 83 they lifted that ban so you're allowed to promote your toy lines through a cartoon series so gi joe was a toy line he man that's why you saw like a whole bunch of them cropping up in the 80s and what the way that the movie was designed was this was another way for them to promote a new toy line because they had the 84 toy line which was Optimus Prime and all Bumblebee and all those guys Megatron and then by 86 I think they were going to promote this new crop and here's the weird thing about this like the original Transformers we loved they were based on actual automobiles that you would see outside like if you saw a Corvette you would turn that into a Transformer or a fire truck these new Transformers have no bearing as vehicles, like Hot Rod and Cup. And yeah, you'd, you'd know that they were aliens. Like, yeah, the original ones like would make things to blend in. Right, the point. they're no longer. Why are you disguising yourself at all? Because everyone knows you're here. Yeah, you know. Uh, but that was why the movie was designed, and they did not want it to be a, a G-rated movie, even though it was animated, because they didn't think it would be playing. It would only be playing at certain times during the day Mm -hmm. and they didn't think everybody would go see it so they they elevated it to pg with the violence and also with a few curse words like spike goes shit yeah and alternate to rewind i totally forgot about that (laughs) i know that was a big deal in school like everyone was telling me hey man like when the movie came out they were like hey man you won't believe it but spike says fucking shit you know it's like a big deal on the playground that's that's what i mean this is not a good uh influence for kids here for these Transforming cartoons. What's the difference between shit and crap? They mean the same. They have the same number of letters. <laughs> they, they can be used the same way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, poop. Unicron's coming. Yeah, well, I mean, what? <laughs> what were they Oh, doing? man, this is a terrible situation we're in. I, I wish I had actually lived <laughs> To describe it. <laughs> the filmmakers, when they talked about it, they were excited that they put shit into this movie. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, we've got in there. Like, cutting edge. I mean, they couldn't decide the plot. Because, <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, it is hard to follow. Yeah. The, the, the whole point of this movie was... It was Wait a, a minute, there's a point? <laughs> yes, there is. There is a point, but not for us. <laughs> uh, basically, Hasbro told the film creators, like, look, uh, we, we want to come out with a completely new line of toys. So just wipe all the robots out. Just kill them. So the Autobots. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why there are so many, you know, we'll get to the, the specific deaths later, but so many of them, especially main characters, died. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I mean. This is like violent stuff. Yeah. yeah. For a kid to be seeing this. So, so they, Hasbro told them who was going away and they can make a story based on that. That's essentially that's it. it. That, yeah. That's it. You know, and we're gonna do it to rock music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will say this: the soundtrack is pretty good. Yeah, it's very catchy. Uh, it is a full-born like uh, 
they obviously were catering. They were trying to get Journey into the soundtrack at some point. I'm yeah. sure. Like if and they just decided on all these cut rate metal bands. And Weird Al. And Weird Al. Yeah. Weird Al. Not only is he the biggest name of all the music acts in this movie by a long shot, he has the best song. Yeah. Dare oh, to Be yeah. Stupid is a great song. And that's a is that a parody of a. Uh... That's a Devo pastiche. The pastiche. Whole, <laughs> that's what they call it. It's not a. It's not an exact parody. Like a lot of Weird Al songs are a parody of a specific song, but Al was just a parody of the band style. Yes. You know Devo. You know which and '86 was probably kind of dated anyway. You know when you think about it. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it was. Because <laughs> but the 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 voiceover actors that they got were I went. I would say that they were fairly A-list at this time. Oh, and Judd Nelson was definitely in the prime of oh, his yeah. career. Oh, yeah. And, uh, well, Eric Idle, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Orson Welles is a legendary figure. Um, Robert Stack was just kind of a, norm, you know... Uh, legendary, too, in his own way. Well, certainly his voice. Yeah. In the Unsolved Mysteries. I know that was afterwards. But, but yeah, this, this helped, actually helped his career, I think, with the voiceover. Leonard Nimoy. Leonard, Leonard Nimoy, Nimoy, yes, yes. Well, Although half the time it's not him, if you <laughs> noticed. But there was a veteran character actor called Lyle Stadler who did Cup. I think he was like on yes. a show called Heart to Heart, but he yeah. wasn't like an A-list like those guys. He was more of like a character actor. Yeah. And then you have the, the normal... Uh, Voiceover actors like Peter Cullen and Frank Welker, and Scatman Crothers. Scatman Crothers, man. Also yeah. his last. Uh, Jazz the Moon yeah, Base. Yeah. <laughs> and Chris Latta, who was Starscream. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I would say this about the voice actors: like they may not be like they're not Tom Cruise or Paul Newman, but these are all iconic people in their own way, and people I love, you yeah. know. And it just they just randomly put them together. Like Robert Stack is amazing. Mm-hmm. Leonard Nimoy is a tremendous actor, uh, and then of course Orson Welles is such a legendary figure in and of itself. And they didn't really do that in cartoons back then, though. No, like, just celebrity. Yeah, I know they had like Bob Newhart in The Rescuers. That's probably like the only thing I can remember. Yeah. Where they... you, can, you kind of feel bad about because they're going to make a television show after this movie, and a lot of those guys aren't going to reprise their roles. Like, Judd Nelson's not going to do voiceover mm-hmm. for Hot Rod. Yeah. A TV show. It's going to be someone else is going to take over that. So, that's, that, I remember that was kind of weird when they did the TV shows that after it. I was like, oh, that doesn't sound like Judd Nelson. Well, I didn't know who Judd Nelson was at the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that doesn't sound like Hot Rod. Well, I, I think uh, one thing I'll say that's consistent with both, whatever you can say about the flaws in the Transformers Generation one that we're talking about. The one thing I think is outstanding is the voice work. I think it is mm-hmm. fantastic. They got great voiceover artists like Frank Welker and Peter Cullen and those guys. But even the celebrity voice work here is strong. Like Leonard Nimoy does not sound like Spock at all as Galvatron. It's a completely unique voice to that character. I was actually surprised by that because Leonard Nimoy has such a distinct voice yeah. as Spock that I didn't know he had versatility and you know. In his range. Sorry, I'm just trying to imagine Spock's voice, and I can't. <laughs> That's it's very, logical. very logical. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's illogical. It's just yeah. like no inflection, right? No inflection yeah. at all, yeah. yeah. It's kind of monotone. There's a great documentary out right now, speaking of that, on Leonard Nimoy called For the Love of Spock, which is supposed to be really good. Is it on good. Netflix? Uh, I think it might. I don't know if it's on Netflix. It's in theaters right now. It's directed oh. by his son. Uh, it's supposed to be very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but but he's great. I guess they said that he would do like uh, vocal, like gymnastics in the bathroom for an hour before he started recording Nimoy. Like he would go yeah. in, whoa, like that, yeah. you know, to get ready. It's pro. He yeah. is. 
Hey, that's his process. We're gonna... <laughs> and, and I read that like they loved Robert Stack because I guess Robert Stack was really like he was knew he was had never really done voiceover work before, so he really wanted to, to nail it. And so he was really working on the character, and he does a great job as Ultra Magnus. Yeah. Uh, and they think this led him to do Unsolved Mysteries eventually, like yeah. later. Unsolved Mysteries. I have a question. <laughs> well, we could talk about it later, but uh, on Ultra Magnus is very peculiar based on what their motive of this movie is. Yeah. His story arc doesn't make any sense based on what Hasbro wanted this movie to be made for because you were introduced to him and then he's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's just a character. Just a, I feel bad for him, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was fixed. What? They fixed him. They fixed him? Well, he was. He didn't live because after he was blown up, they brought They built oh. him back up. Yeah. See, I. I this plot just is me. Uh, f- full disclosure, I've seen this movie many times in the past, but the last time I watched it, I actually fell out of... <laughs> and I thought I knew parts of this movie better than I guess I did. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to tell. I still feel bad for him, though, because yeah. he was made to believe something about himself <laughs> that turned out to not be true. I'm going to go one step further. Why is Hot Rod a better fit for a leader than Ultra Magnus, who looks like Optimus Prime. They're essentially the same type of because, character. Because he was a car, and it'd be easy to sell him. Yeah, that's it's the true. only explanation. He's but, a hipster transformer. But he's like I, the cool hip leader coming in. I, I think, I will state this, and this might be a controversial statement, but I think Ultra Magnus has more of the qualities deserving of being the leader of the Autobots than Hot Rod. I agree. That's not controversial. (laughs) That's not controversial at all. If if I was an Autobot and I was in that situation, I would follow Ultra Magnus because he was a soldier. He's humble. You know, he doesn't think of himself that way, which makes him great. He's a great leader. But what about... He's got Optimus Prime's uh, seal of approval. What about RC? Wouldn't RC make a good leader? I think RC would be a better than Hot Rod. I'd agree with that. I think RC would be a better leader. RC shows great courage. She's compassionate. She's compassionate. She's yeah. pink. She's uh, pink. Which yeah. is a positive color associated with she positivity. Is. She is. RC is actually a good character. I actually yeah. like, like RC. I uh, do too. It's progressive. Like she's not a uh, damsel in distress. She yeah. actually is in there fighting. She's an independent woman or Autobot. Yeah, woman like sentient robot. <laughs> yeah. I, but I just feel he's trying to open that thing and he can't get it open. Then he has to watch Hot Rod open up and turn into a truck. <laughs> <laughs> he's already a truck. <laughs> That'd be like if, you know, you have, like, this, like, stoner brother, and you're trying to get this really, you know, high-level high job, and, you know, you get your interview, and then he just stumbles in, and then, you know, the person interviewing says, you, you've got it, what it takes. Yeah. That's exactly what it's like. Here's the other thing. Hot Rod goes from a cool car to an RV. Yeah. And that's let's face it, who wants to be an RV? That's no. like being a I know. I know, but when he makes Matrix, turns them into an RV, and that's supposed to be the cool thing. You're like, now I'm powerful. Like, what? You can transport? <laughs> yeah, now you can cook steaks. And- <laughs> <laughs> you can live on the road. But doesn't he age as he gets older? Like, he ages like 20 years or because, something. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Ultra Magnus is already what he becomes with the Matrix. Right. Ultra Magnus is already that dude. And what's up with Cup? Like, why is he old? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, I don't know who that is. Cup is the uh, older oh, guy, the blue yeah. car that was with Hot Rod like when they were on that planet. Like, ah, I'm goddammit, youngsters. Did and he what? actually say that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think he does. So say. that is, again, another 
bad thing. Well, I don't know if he swore, that. but he was... He, if he's so old, why didn't we see him in the TV show? <laughs> That's my question. I know. Where was he doing? <laughs> I thought Iron... Wasn't Ironhide supposed to be the old guy previously? Yes. You yeah. Know? And he's, he's he was the hick guy. With yeah. turning. So, I, I don't understand age. I don't understand gender. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. No. It also doesn't make sense how none of these Autobots are floating. How they... None of them are floating? In space? Yeah. Well, they're on Earth at part of the time. Yeah, but I yeah. thought they went to space because then remember that weird funky planet space person thing that I was questioning. Oh, oh, oh you in the Kron. powers. Okay, here's the thing. All right, here's another problem. <laughs> yeah, okay, I, I know we're skipping around, but I guess we we should we, we'll be doing that okay. frequently. Okay, so after the the battle to the death between. Megatron and Optimus Prime, where Optimus Prime essentially gets his ass kicked that whole fight. Yes. I mean, yeah, Megatron, yeah. he gets like two fights. <laughs> I will say that Megatron's fight, that fight is a badass fight. The I like that stand fight. fight that's that a great fight. So I didn't know Megatron had a sword until that moment, but you know, that's. Yeah, that, uh, that was new. So that get, was. So Astro Train, who's normal size when he's a robot and somehow it gets bigger. I, I don't, they never explain how that happens, but. Uh, it's magic. Magic. It's the same thing Megatron turns like the, It's like the TARDIS in Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> Megatron gets smaller at the gun, which yeah. when you get the toy, you're disappointed because it's a gun you can use. You can't, Starscream can't use Starscream it. Yeah. can't pick it up. No, yeah. it's bigger than Starscream, actually. But Astro Train turns into a, <laughs> an Astro Train. Everybody yeah. else is a normal car, but he's Astro Train. <laughs> why can't he just be a train? Why he a would... train at all? Like, why... Yeah, yeah why, can't, why is it a big spaceship? I don't know. <laughs> But he's in space. Well, he is a spaceship. He's a triple changer, isn't but he? he's like, a train. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a triple changer. He, he turns, turns into a space shuttle and a, a train. A train, yeah. yeah. So he starts off. I think what happens is because How did he... How you get to that level? Uh, well, yeah, that, that's impressive. Astro Train is an advanced transformer. That's season level. That's season three technology. <laughs> that is. He can turn into a train, and then the train takes off, and he turns immediately into a spaceship. spaceship. Yeah. Yeah. You hear it go. Yeah. So they're in space. All right. They're flying through space. Yeah. And his complaint. Now, we all understand that space is weightless. Like, yeah. there would be no weight in space. He's yeah. like, I'm carrying too much weight. we got to get rid of some people. Yeah, that's what I mean. There's a lot of, you know, things yeah. that don't make sense. And then sense. They, they push Megatron out. He's like, ah, like he's falling. Yes, right. that's what I mean. How, how would that happen? Now, granted, they're probably assuming kids aren't that smart to right. connect the dots. And how, maybe the writers just weren't that smart. The writer is actually, though, like, we know space, space is weightless, but... For a lyrical storyline standpoint, this is yeah. this makes more like cinematic sense. Kids, you know, it made sense yeah. to me at five years old. It's like, oh, that's perfectly yeah, reasonable. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. What they're, they're like, we're not Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> we can't. We I can. would I would buy it if it was a bullshit reason that Astro Train. Maybe he was right. on Starscream size. Like, hey, wink, wink. We need to get rid of weight. That could be. Maybe that was a conspiracy. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past him. And give it the that. shock shock wave. Uh, Soundwave, not Shockwave. Shockwave is another, probably another guy. Shockwave is a one-eyed guy. With yeah. The, with Soundwave, uh, being loyal to Megatron all the way through. Right. You know, not punished for it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no he, he, he survived. Yeah, he well, survived. Soundwave was sneaky because he was loyal to Megatron when they were carrying him onto the ship. But when he left, Soundwave didn't seem to be that phased by it. He was like, "Oh, Megatron's gone." He, you well, know what? He yeah. says a lot, but he doesn't back it up with action. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing. Probably like a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's all talk, no action from Soundwave. <laughs> you know, well, the guy has a monotone voice. What can you, yeah, you know? You well, he's, yeah. he's schizophrenic. He's got like eight things in his stomach. Yeah, yeah. He was a little off, off the wall. It, it's it's kind of interesting how they still make Soundwave toys and they're still tapes. 
And yeah. probably kids who get them now are like, what the fuck are these things? Yeah, a tape yeah. cassette? Yeah. Shouldn't What's he be an iPod now or something? Like an iPhone? Yeah, he would be an I, I, I think he would be a recording device of some sort. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, He'd see, probably be an iPod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. An iPod. He was one of the things that was like a Japanese toy before it was a Transformer, and I think they called him Tape Man. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, if you could be a Transformer, if you could be any inanimate object and tr- you know transform, what would you be? What do you think? You like, oh, you mean like anything? Yeah, it yeah. doesn't just have to be a car. Oh, well, okay. Man, that's really loaded. <laughs> uh, How about like an everyday object? An something everyday that would be object? useful or something people use? Hmm. Which is the definition of useful? I don't know. I probably will go the automobile type answer mm-hmm. and say, you know, some sort of hovering, like a plane or a, just something that can fly somewhere and just okay. get, the, get the hell out of something. Yeah, yeah. How about you? I'd be an iPad. I think, I'd be, I think I'd be an iPad. How about you, Scott? Uh, I would be a... Uh, <laughs> I'd be a statue of Everly. <laughs> well, you knew it was you. technology with the Statue of Liberty. I turned the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> what, so you can, like, reenact Ghostbusters too? Yes. <laughs> that would be... A, I would never be able to not transform because it would be so obvious I wasn't there. <laughs> Robots in disguise and being, but that'd be really big. When, yeah. when I say so, you be, that's a Godzilla, Godzilla thing coming out with that one. Yes, yeah, like, I'd be big, but I would never be able to use my power because it would be completely obvious that the tattoo was everything. Oh my god, who would you be, Tony? Who would you? Um, I think I'd be something more I, like every day, like maybe. Uh, a tube of lipstick or like a makeup compact or something where you know you can morph into different things from that object i think that'd be kind of neat now would you be one of those that you would be a transformer the same size as that or would you get bigger like uh megatron when he's small i'd you, probably have to get bigger if i yeah. was something as, as small as like a lipstick or you know because that's yeah. a, or they don't do that in the new michael bay movies the thing that they 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 try to make it i guess realistic but mm-hmm. if you you were the size of yeah. whatever you transformed into but i think that was what was fun of the cartoon is they didn't care about like physics, physics yeah. <laughs> no they didn't it's just like like where does uh where does optimus prime's trailer go it just <laughs> you just yeah. see it fly yeah. up in his face i mean <laughs> those big trucks are huge they are because well, he's only the first part of it he's only this yeah. the writer guys yeah, friend part. dilly is the guy's name and he would he was in on the special features talking about this stuff like yeah i know everybody points out about the trailer it's it's just superior it just disappears he's basically disappear. we didn't know what the hell to do with this thing and animated so we just got rid of it so a lot of his decisions were just hey we we don't know what else what well, was cool yeah. what they did with the toy it was like a battle station he can use why couldn't he just oh, have yeah. it transform into something like yeah. like yeah. like a car for him <laughs> Or maybe a garage. Maybe maybe just like a pad you could go retreat to when he's not. You're making very good points. I I don't know why that was like a... Or a throne. Yeah, yeah. You you think they would use it in some capacity. What what is Megatron in the movie? Does he transform into anything? Megatron is a gun in the movie. Or Galvatron? No, no, in the Michael Bay movie, sorry. Oh, in the Michael Bay movie. He's like a spaceship. He's like a space plane. Oh, yeah. that's right. They probably couldn't make him a gun now because it's such a sensitive well, environment. Well, they, they still that. make uh, Megatron toys, and they're still 
I mean, they don't look like a real gun like they did when we were kids. Yeah. But I remember Jazzy in the new movie was like a Pontiac Solstice convertible. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a nice car. I love the Transformer Jazz and his original incarnation in the 80s what, was cartoon. He? He, he, I think it was a Porsche, was he? Jazz? So, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll look nice. it up. Sports car? Yeah, but even better, he, he had the voice of Scatman Crothers. He looked, so. like, oh, okay. he looked like Herbie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the car looked like, like Herbie. Like yeah, he was. He was Herbie. Uh, but Scatman, I guess they they all loved working with the guy. I guess he was a great guy because Scatman Crothers was a musician. He also did a lot of voiceover work. Like, oh uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, I think he did Disney movies, didn't he? Yeah, he was in the Aristocats. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, he played He was Hong Kong Fui right. and Jazz. You know, and Optimus Prime. We're on this planet, and he was the cool Transformer that everyone loved. You know, like I remember he was kind of fun in the movie too, in the Michael Bay one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think in Michael Bay, he was voiced by uh, the uh, guy, uh, was it the Cosby? Uh, no, he was, he was. Uh, I think it was the, the, the oldest son from Family Matters was the voice of Jazz. Ah, I remember reading that somewhere. Okay. Uh, you know, he was... Uh, it wasn't Malcolm Jamal Warner, it was someone else. The no. guy who played Steve Burkle? <laughs> someone else. That'd be a horrible, horrible Jazz. Steve, <laughs> he was a Martini Porsche 935 Turbo racing car oh, initially, yeah, so that's it. what he was. Yeah. Uh, but he was the cool Transformer. Like he, I don't think Jazz fought very often on the TV show. He was just kind of the cool Transformer that just kind of hung out. And yeah, he was one of the character ones because it has some that were interesting characters. Yeah, and they have some that were kind of just like flat. Like, hey, I'm gonna turn into a plane. Yeah, exactly. And Jazz and Bumblebee, I think, were the after Optimus Prime, they were probably the two most popular Autobots. I'd oh say. yeah, and Bumblebee was barely in the movie. Yeah, he was. He, they were all on. Yeah, I didn't really remember seeing him. Jazz, Cliff Jumper, and Bumblebee are all stationed on moons. At least they lived through yeah. the movie. They weren't killed off like like Ironhide and Prowl and yeah, all those guys. And, Cliff Trumper was Casey Kasem, too. That's Ironhide. He was. Well, Casey Kasem, I read, like, he stopped working with the Transformers because they did an episode in season three that made fun of, uh, I think it was, uh, it was some Arabic country. So it was like, 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 it's almost like weird that we're talking about in this day and age, but there was like, uh, the, 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 the writers sensitively named the country Carbamia. (laughs) And so Casey Kasem... Being of Islam, you know, of of Arab descent, had issues with this episode as you would, and he left the series as a result of that. That's why he wow. he stopped doing it. That's are, amazing. Are yeah. Ironhide and uh, Ratchet are they like brothers? Because they're the same thing. They are. <laughs> I know Ratchet was the medic on the show, yeah. and in Ironhide it was like the hick, like I'm. Uh. But they got the same body design. They yeah. do. He yeah. was like a mechanic type. So yeah. He was the medic. I think Ratchet was the medic for the Transformers. Like, if they needed repairs, yeah. he was the guy who would. would well, take he's the ambulance, right? He, he was. That would make sense. <laughs> so he's staying in line in character. Maybe we should. Should we just go over the, the plot of the movie? <laughs> yeah, we probably should. Yeah, we probably should. So, it opens up with um, something that was like a lot like Galactus called Unicron. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, kind of like a Death Star looking thing or Star Killer base, whatever you want to call it. And it yeah. just swallow planets whole. Yeah. But not, not not any planets, just all the robot planets. Just robots. <laughs> and I guess, like you see later in the movie, it melts down robots for its own energy source yeah. or something. Yeah. But we really don't know anything at any point about this thing and its motivations, other than it just needs to eat things. Yeah. Which is perfect. You know, that's a legit reason to do anything. Is for, he has to eat planets for... Uh, 
sustenance. Sustenance. Yeah. <laughs> it would run out though, because how many how many robot planets are there in the universe? Yeah, and that's actually a great. To be honest with you, it's a great antagonist. Like it really gradually. This is a bigger deal than what they normally deal with. This is a planet that devours worlds. You yeah. know, and yeah. that's that's a great threat to have as your backstory. Here's a quote from Casey Kasem on no Wikipedia. A few years ago, I was doing one of the voices in a TV cartoon series, Transformers. One week, the script featured an evil character named Abdul, King of Carvania. He was like all of the other cartoon Arabs. Um, I asked the director, are there any good Arabs in this script for balance? We looked. There was one other, but he was no different than Abdul. So I told the show's director that in good conscience, I could not be a part of that show. Mm. Produced by Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Trump would love Carbomia. And then that so. sums up yeah. uh, the Trump, you know. Um, but yeah, Unicron, I mean, hey, they got the great voice of Orson Welles yeah. doing yes. this. Like, just the history. And, and, and is a lot of film buffs realize Orson Welles, this was his last performance on film. He died five days after he recorded the, the voice of Unicron. And I think his voice was fairly weak at that point, so they had to use a vocoder to kind of enhance it to make it that booming, powerful yeah. voice you hear. I always suspected he kind of wrote his own dialogue, though, because that doesn't sound like your typical Star Wars Transformers dialogue, where it's like your bargaining posture is highly dubious, Megatron. No, it, it was well written. It was, yeah. yeah. And nothing. I mean, it's just a great exchange between Megatron and Unicron. And that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie, when he changes all the Decepticons into, like, Galvatron. And, yeah. You know. New toys. This won't <laughs> shock people, but there's actually debates online as to which Decepticon became the new Decepticons. Like, who became Scourge, who became Cyclonus. They actually detail this in yeah, <laughs> discussions. Yeah, I, I, I had no idea. I don't either. I know Megatron's Galvatron. They made that pretty clear. Yeah, they made that clear. Yeah. What happened to those other... Do we even see them get... Hurt during that battle? No, they, they're yeah. they're around in season three. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's strange. It seems like they're just generic robots they threw out with Megatron. Yeah, essentially, they're, they're just like planes. Yeah, I mean, it basically was replacements for Starscream. They're Starscream's fleet, right? Yeah. So, yeah. all right. So, yeah. <laughs> so going on in the plot here. So the Decepticons use one of Soundwave's tapes as a to- as a spy. Yeah, and they find out that. The, 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 so the, at this point, the Decepticons have uh, t- taken over Cybertron. Yeah. Which was the end of season two, I think. And that's the, the home planet for both of them. So the Autobots are to take over the moons of the planet. And uh, Decepticons spy on them and find out that they need to go to Earth to get some Energon, which is basically their version of food. Yeah. Um, so the, you know, they're, they're the dicks that they are, they, they attack the Autobots uh, before they really have a chance to leave for Earth. Uh, some of them die, including Ironhide. Um, and then after that, uh, they decide to go to Earth to attack what they call Autobot City, which is not really a city. It's just a... I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, just it's a fortress. It's like, it's like, a, yeah, it's a fortress. It's like the Louvre. <laughs> yeah. And at that point, we it's a huge fight scene to 80s music. And I don't even think really their battles match well with these upbeat 80s songs. No, like... Like, you know, like it's the scene where Optimus Prime is about to, you know, die at the hands of Megatron. And you hear that, you've got the touch! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. After he slammed him through ten Decepticons to get the Megatron, too. Yeah. yeah. I have to say, though, visually, they're stunning to watch those battle scenes. Like, when in the spaceship, when they attack Ironhide and Ratchet and Prowl, when they're killing them, it's horrible, but 
it's kind of cool when you see the smoke coming out of Prowl's mouth as he falls back. I mean, they yeah. actually put a lot of thought into these deaths. It wasn't like yeah. they just, just got shot up generically, you know? Yeah, I I was always captivated by that death scene in that spaceship where he... I mean, it's just... They, they, the one thing I remember is it sounds really weird when they're coming on this, the thing. It's like really, really like subdued and it's like, you know, and then... Megatron turns into the thing, and the, the, the rock music turns in, and it's like, oh, this is sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and then Starscream's just shooting, and people are getting shot in the chest, and they're, like, blowing up. And then at the end, uh, he shoots someone, like, point-blank range with his... with his. Which, I mean, does does he need to turn into a gun? He's got a gun on his arm. He could probably do I it. I never so, understood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he need a more powerful gun? Yeah. Here's a deeper question. So on a television series, they would have the same type of fights on an oil rig, and the Decepticons would just retreat. Nobody would ever die. Nobody ever got hit. They would just shoot at each other, and then the Decepticons would retreat. Somehow, in 20 years, the Decepticons became a lethal fighting machine where they just destroy people with one shot. It's amazing, yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, the, the jump-in skill set. Well, Starscream's aim got really good, and he's just able to hit the... <laughs> he was a little bit smarter. He was a little bit yeah. smarter. And to his own demise. Yeah, it was. Starscream, by the way, is probably my favorite Transformer. Mine Let's too. get that. Yeah. I, I love the voice. Chris Lotta, who did the voice for him, is... But when he fights uh, Optimus Prime, he doesn't turn into a gun and jump in someone's hands and just, like, just to shoot him. <laughs> Although he does a very good job um, against Optimus. But I digress. They go into... They're, they're flying down to Autobot City where, <laughs> where Hot Rod and, and Daniel are fishing. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. that's what the Autobots do. They fish. It's something yeah. about Lookout Mountain. I remember he's like, why would you see it when you can go to Lookout Mountain? I'm like, what's that have to do with it? Uh, they, they dropped the ball, though. I had a feeling that their job was actually to, to look out for Decepticons when they were fishing. <laughs> <laughs> Again, maybe also of evidence were, that he wasn't qualified. Fishing for Decepticons. Uh, maybe, yeah, those little piranha things. You know what else I noticed about that sequence, though, is that's a hoverboard, and it predates Back to the Future it Part does. Two. Yeah. And, and I read an article; they said, "Yeah, that's the first hoverboard on in film was Daniel's hoverboard." They, but they, they really were expecting a lot out of two thousand five. But mm. he, he he hits a rock, and then he he transforms. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. He transforms. He does the cool transforms, and he can absorb them into him, and he's you know. But uh, and they see a hole. He's like, "Hey, there's a hole in this ship. That's a disgust Decepticons." And then he just starts shooting, you know. And then it's it's amazing. He's shooting at that, and his his shots are actually powerful. They're actually knocking like yeah, like sides of the ship off. They actually get mad at him for shooting at the Decepticons, and I'm like, "Why?" Yeah, exactly. They, oh, then they still think they were Autobots on the ship or something. Like I that, think so. That's I mean, what they thought. Yeah. And again. Other being the Zepticons didn't fly off a ship. Why do they need a ship yeah, when they can they, fly? Yeah. <laughs> they have Astrotrain. Why are they attacking a ship? Why it's like when General Zod flies that ship. And I'm like, you can fly. <laughs> oh, maybe it can go faster. Oh, it's this is this is kind of like the uh, Trojan horse technique, though. I think they used that ship uh, so they could fool the Autobots into thinking they were Autobots. And maybe they can't fly in space, but they can fly uh, when there's gravity. Or they'll run out of energy. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. We need a lot of energon and a lot of luck. I do. <laughs> I do think it's cool. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what Optimus right. Prime says. Yeah, that's a great. They had neither. <laughs> no, I do like that scene where I think the the, the Insecticon because uh, Cup pulls that tank, yeah, aiming at Hot Rod up and hits that Insecticon and they crash into each other. I thought that was a pretty cool uh, Insecticon. It's an Insecticon. Yeah, there are Dinocons. Insecticons, Autobots, Decepticons. Well, it's Dinobots because they're good guys. Uh, if yeah, they're in a bot, they're good. 
Uh, Insecticons. Cons. <laughs> Can you imagine? Frozen cons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bots and cons. A little bit on the nose. <laughs> yeah, that is. They, they don't want to complicate things yeah. too much for us. Uh, Grimlock I, I really became emphasized after this movie, too. Like, me, Grimlock. I think I heard that in my head as a kid all the time. Me, Grimlock. Hey, Grimlock. Yeah. They, they knew that was a go-to thing. It's like, if I just need a, a, a capper of a line, I'll just go me, Grimlock. Yeah, and the Dinobots is, the, is one of the few Transformers where their true form is their transformed form, not their humanoid form. Yeah. <laughs> like, as dinosaurs, that's their base form. Like, that's their, you know, oh, we're cool. We don't need to transform. They're more dinosaur than yeah. They're more robot, dinosaur right? than uh, and then uh, that's for marketing purposes, I'm sure. With yeah, the kids. Yeah, need to yeah. program them to be. And they're all yeah. stupid. <laughs> they're all programmed stupid for whatever reason. I don't know. None of it makes sense. I, there was actually an episode of the series where Grimlock becomes super brilliant, super smart, and builds his own robots, and then sacrifices his intelligence to give those robots life, and goes back to being a stupid Grimlock. It was like flowers for Algernon. Essentially, <laughs> why? Flowers for uh, Rutgers must have been bored during that time. So they were going through like a deep phase. Yeah, they were. You know, I really want to contemplate the philosophical nature of Grimlock and what it's like <laughs> to be Grimlock. We're all better for it. Yeah, me Grimlock, smart. So Optimus Prime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, he's he's on his deathbed or whatever, and. There's this thing called the Matrix, which I think is the first time they even mentioned this. I don't think it was in the series at all. It wasn't until no. this movie, which yeah. Which is just the energy orb where the Autobots pass on leadership or something. So he gives it to Robert Stax. Um, why do I keep forgetting names? Is it Ultra Magnus? Ultra Magnus, which yeah. is the obvious choice because he both looks and acts like Optimus Prime. <laughs> right. But apparently he was not the real leader. <laughs> As we find out later, it is Tishan and I's... It's horror. It's yeah. actually hot rod. Right. Um, well, here's the thing too with that. Prime picked Magnus himself. Yes. So what was Prime? Why was Prime wrong? Like, did the Matrix not give him the wrong information or what? Well, I don't know, but you know, eventually, and maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves. Again, right. But, yeah. Um, the the reaction to Optimus Prime's death was so horrible that they rewrote the end of season three to bring him back. They did, yeah. Um, and at that point, he got the Matrix back, so maybe it, you know it was foreshadowing. And the point on the Prime death is that they were just like they said they were just killing off the old toy line to replace it with the new toy line for marketing purposes because they were discontinuing that line. Yeah. And they said they didn't realize Prime was that iconic with kids yet. They didn't realize that he was that popular. How they didn't know this? I guess it's pre-internet where you didn't have all those marketing bases yeah. to figure out who was selling and who wasn't. It, but it, it take back then everything was hand drawn, so I think it, it would take them three months to make an episode. And I think it took a whole year, yeah, to make that movie. So just as they were like wrapping season two up and writing season three is when they decided Hasbro decided what to do. Yeah. So they they probably just didn't have enough time. That's pretty much what happened. So then it's the Unicron's in space after the Prime passes away and they pass the Matrix on. Yeah. So then Unicron's angry because it's the only threat to him is the creation Matrix. For some reason. We don't yeah, know we why. don't know why, yeah. you know. So he, the Decepticons, of course, led by Starscream, they push the battle-worn Decepticons off the ship, Astro Train, as they're flying. They try to fight for who's leader. Starscream somehow... Rallies troops around him eventually. We don't know how. We don't know how. He yeah. just did. Uh, and I have to say, as a Starscream fan, everybody loves the fact that he has that cape and crown on his head. Yeah, that was amazing. That was, you know. 
And uh, well, he gets brutally murdered by Galvatron. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he gets shot. I don't know. If Galvatron's gun can do that. Apparently, yeah. Uh, it was an upgrade. It was. A, but does he shoot anybody else? Point blank. I don't think so. Not like that in a movie. Yeah. But that's what happens when a point break. It just turns you. I mean, it just incinerates ash, ash or something. Or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, the way he crumbles, it's it's the, the most. That's the the worst death of anybody in this movie. It's Starscream. Yeah. He just disintegrates. <laughs> <laughs> it's like come on, there's no it's very disturbing yeah, yeah. And don't get me started how those, <laughs> those Decepticons can blow into a trumpet I don't know what... <laughs> you know that the ones that play in the trumpet how would, and like, how would... Why, why did they decide there was a coronation it's not like Megatron was king no yeah. it wasn't he was just a leader it was yeah. like a battle like a general I mean I see why Starscream would want it because he's, he's very flamboyant yeah he is mm-hmm. and, and, he, and he is an egomaniac yeah. so uh, he has the best cartoon voice. He does. Yeah. I I, I was very sad that nobody in our last improv show, uh, they probably didn't even know who Starscream was. And we had the whole <laughs> thing where he had a family in a sitcom. Yeah. We did, yeah. yeah. That, that would have been awesome. Just because Starscream is, is, the reason Starscream is great, it's like Yago and Othello with Megatron and Starscream. Like, he's always betraying Megatron. He blatantly tells Megatron on every episode, I'm going to betray yeah. you. And then they get into a fight, and then Starscream is back in the same place he was before. This is the only time where Megatron... <laughs> had enough of this bullshit. Yeah, it's like, you threw me off a train. Yeah. And now I have a badass body. I'm Galvatron mm-hmm. now, and yeah, you're gone. Yeah, cute. So, uh, yeah, uh, we... So, he was made Galvatron and given a new fleet and everything by Unicron. Yeah, he was rewarded for being immoral and, you know, a killer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Unicron that, is That's like a fantastic you know, thing to teach our kids. So I don't, yeah. I don't know why Unicron just couldn't have taken care of things himself. Well, he was Exactly. In a... That's what I said. And well, first of all, why didn't he? What? what? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, I know. Was yeah. he his own planet? I mean, is he actually a person or does he have a form? Well, he transforms. Or is he just a talking ball? He transforms at the end of the movie into like a giant robot yeah yeah like bigger oh. than a planet he's oh, wow. he's a he's a giant transformer essentially yeah. but why like, can't he wipe everybody out well he's intimidated by the matrix because that's his one weakness but we don't know why we don't know why they don't really explain it but he sends megatron slash galvatron so isn't that go. the faulty thinking that sends megatron out I, 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 yeah okay yeah it's like hey just you go out and take care of this for me and i trust you completely to do it <laughs> but it turns out exactly as you would imagine it turns out right you know yeah, it's a terrible plan by Unicron, <laughs> yes. really. Um, because Megatr- Galvatron becomes Starscream to Unicron, essentially. Pretty much. The, that's pretty much the dynamic. Yeah. And what is he... Okay, he can do that thing with Galvatron where he does that... And he, like, he goes crazy in his head and it's like really pink. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, oh, Unicron yeah. can do that to him. Why doesn't he just do that to everybody? That's what I mean. <laughs> Why can't this guy like people out? Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe you have to come to some sort of agreement with him. It's, I don't know. It's because <laughs> he basically if he transforms, yeah, yeah. I yeah. guess you could do that. He only because it only affects his Galvatron. It's like he's got. He maybe put like a sensor in his mind or something. Yeah, but yeah. the other Decepticons that he created aren't don't have that same. Scalge issue. and well, yeah. they, they didn't. 
they knew who they were for. The yeah, sweeps. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. sweeps. Well, well they, they even warned Galvatron, be careful, because you know who you belong to now. Like, what are they, the sweeps, and what are they, the... They're the sweeps, and then there's Cyclonus... They were kind of the, the Decepticons became very aristocratic at post Unicron. They were kind of like street level thugs before yeah, then. Then yeah. they became like these aristocratic. <laughs> they became nineteenth century bullies <laughs> from New York City <laughs> with big mustaches and stuff. <laughs> it's strange, strange. The rest of the movie is pretty much just like the Decepticons chasing the Autobots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then they end up on. Uh, I guess they're they're in two different ships. Uh, so Hot Rod and Cup are in one ship, and they land on um, some sort of planet that's run by characters you see later called the Quintessens. Yeah. Um, who are these just, still scare me to this day, these five-faced things. Um, so uh, what are the faces? There's like laughter, anger, um, sadness, and there's, fa- there's the face of death, and there's something else. Yeah, there's something else with that. And I know that like the backstory eventually becomes that they were the creators of Cybertron, right? Yeah, like, yeah, they made the Transformers. Yeah, and they have a planet of Sharkticons, like, yes. <laughs> that are these oh guys, that, they're mindless, <laughs> you think you have Dinobots and Decepticons, now we have Sharkticons, yeah. that are these mindless robots that just turn into these shark-like figures. Apparently if you punch them in the mouth, their teeth just like crumble <laughs> like glass. They do. Yeah. Uh, and the Quintessons basically run a planet that's a kangaroo court, essentially, where they just say guilty or innocent and whatever. Unless they're, they're innocent, doing. they still kill you. Yeah. yeah. So there's really, they really don't have it. They just kill you regardless, yeah. but they go through it. They, they go through the ritual. They have a horrible. I mean, what they, why are they doing this in the first place? Just killing people yeah, randomly like, with a court hearing? That's that's a weird I, I existence. Don't know. I mean, again, you don't find out. No, no, there's no guilty, guilty, guilty. <laughs> innocent, innocent. And, and then there's another planet that Ultra Magnus and RC and and Daniel, who's Spike's son, who's mm-hmm. the human, uh, and Springer, who's kind of like the Han Solo of the group, I guess. Yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, they all end on on Junkian. Is that what it's called? The junk so, planet? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. The Monty Python. Robots. Yeah, yeah. Eric Idle is yeah. one of the voices for that. They're on the planet of the junk. Is that what <laughs> that's right? That's what on the planet of the junk. <laughs> uh, and they all talk in television jargon, essentially. Yeah. Which how TV waves can read that there? <laughs> Another physics thing. <laughs> I we've already explained like five planets that really don't make any logical <laughs> sense whatsoever. You know, we have one planet with a kangaroo court. Just for yeah. random madness, and then you have this other one, which is run by TV junkies. Well, doesn't Galvatron track him down there, and then he shoots Ultra Magnus there? Yeah, they, yeah. he they, blows yeah. him up, and then he gets put back together. Which <laughs> apparently I forgot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah oh yeah, the junkies do put them back together. Yeah, and they polish him. And they polish him up. Oh, just like uh, Wizard of Oz. There's a lot of Wizard of Oz in every movie, but that one's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty blatant, right? Yeah, there. yeah. Um, but Ultra Magnus pretty much figures out that he's not not the leader. <laughs> Ultra Magnus just gets rebuilt and he stays there. He doesn't do anything for the rest of the no, movie. No, he's like, I'm out. I think that sounds pretty smart. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, everyone else is getting killed. Or So then they go to... The Unicron starts attacking Cybertron. He yeah. transforms, right? And he starts attacking Cybertron because Albatron thought that by having the Matrix he would have power over Unicron. It backfires. So briefly, the Decepticons and the Autobots are actually working together. Yeah. Yeah. That's how bad Unicron is. They got both sides, both factions together. That's what I mean. Why can't this guy just wipe everything out? He, he tries to at yeah, that point. He does. But at that point, the Matrix is there. Yeah. <laughs> it's too late. It's like his Krypton. 
Yep, it, it is. That's it. That's all it is. Yeah. So you know, they they all all the some of the robots, including Galvatron, end up inside of uh, Unicron, who at that point transformed into a giant robot that was just pounding on Cybertron. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Hot Rod has a run-in with Galvatron, and he ends up getting the Matrix and turning into Rodimus Prime. Yep, and he throws Galvatron through, <laughs> through yeah. the through Unicron into space where he, he can reappear in a future episode. Yeah, he, <laughs> come back. He, he gets the Darth Vader treatment, which is this spiraling out of control in space. <laughs> he does. It's the second time that 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 being has been thrown into space yeah. in the movie, which too. is dumb. You should have left him in there, then opened up the Matrix, and then Matrix would have killed every, him and everything in it. Again, another reason why <laughs> Ultra Magnus was probably, although they really go out of their way in the midsection to make Ultra Magnus look sort of like not really knowing what he's doing. You know, like, yeah, I can't deal with that right now. I have to focus on the. Oh, doctor. okay. So he does have yeah flaws. Um, so what you're saying is Optimus Prime is not a great judge of character, ultimately. <laughs> That's the know. moral of the story. Yeah, Optimus Prime was a little... Well, he, he was... Let's, let's face it, he probably wasn't his bright frame of mind in the first place during that time. He's a product of his time. In his time, Ultra Magnus types were, the, were who took over the leader, not, not yeah. Hot Rod types. Optimus Prime should have made out his will well before that. He was battle-prone. <laughs> Yeah, he had some sort of long-term care. Yeah, I mean, why he decided at the last minute to put all that stuff together, that might have been the big mistake there. And actually, Hot Rod was the reason Prime died, because he distracted uh, Optimus Prime so Megatron can shoot him. He did say, like, forgive me, Optimus. (laughs) No. I mean, really, he would have died anyway, because Hot Rod just shot Megatron as he was trying to reach for the gun. So it would have been the same deal. Oh, yeah, but I guess... I don't know. Yeah, that's true. It's like it makes no sense. Deceit, betrayal, murder. Yeah, yeah. He was a good qualities. These are fantastic qualities. (laughs) These are fantastic. Well, if he was smart, you would have shot Hot Rod too. So (laughs) yeah. (laughs) But I mean, getting on what you're saying, Tony. This the movie was so much more violent. Yeah, it was. I mean, I never watched the TV show, so when I saw the movie, I was like, "Wow." TV show was so much more lighthearted. Really. I, you know, I, I did not when I was when I saw it, and you know when I was little, I was dying to see it. I didn't like the movie. Yeah. I mean, they killed a lot of my favorite characters. Yeah, it's kind of depressing. Um, it was dark at that point. I didn't particularly care for '80s music. I mean, I guess I still don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just it, it just it, it the whole thing seemed wrong to me, and it, it still kind of does. Yeah. And I personally not a fan. I have a unique. Um... I appreciate any kind of animation. So let me just start by saying that, but. I have, you know, a certain unique sort of style that I really prefer. And this is not the style of animation that I like. That, you know, like quality, like the, the style of the mm-hmm. characters yeah. and stuff. I just don't particularly like it. That was one of the strong, especially compared to the TV show. That was one of the strong things about the movie. Was the animation? Yeah, I, and this is before computer animation. This was all hand drawn. Oh no, I'm re- no, I, I know that, and that's yeah. what I mean. Everybody has different drawing styles. Yeah, yeah. I'm not particularly fond of the type that was uh, used in this movie. Yeah, it's very Japanese, like mech. Yeah, I do like the I, I like the Unicron transformation when he turns into the yeah. giant guy. That's really cool animation. You I know, thought. They, they they tried making a toy for it, but it was like they couldn't really get the transformation to work in a very reliable way. Oh, right. So yeah. it, just, it never came out. There yeah. were a lot of figures in this movie that did not get a toy. Like RC never had a toy either. Yeah, because yeah. she was a woman. That's probably it. That's probably it. it. That's yeah. probably That's it. Probably it. Did she turn the Ray into, factor? Did she turn into know? a car? Or was she a car? She was a car. Yeah. She was a car. Yeah. 
So um, that makes her an Autobot. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I I had the same reactions. <laughs> I had the same reactions that Josh had to this movie as a kid. Like I loved it and and had major issues with it at the same time. Like I loved it for the animation and it was it sucked you in because it was a very dramatic story. And it was an upgrade from the the TV show where there were actual stakes and stuff, so it was kind of exciting. But I also hated those aspects because it was killing off all these characters I loved, like Starscream and Optimus Prime and and you know Jazz and Bumblebee were relegated to like subset heroes. Yeah. And you know I didn't care for Hot Rod. I didn't. I didn't like. It was like they were trying to make a cool character. Like uh, what's that character from The Simpsons? Like the cool character. Oh, Poochie. Poochie. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was their like Poochie, Poochie character. And Cup was an old, but, you know, I, I mean, I like Ultra Magnus and, and, you know, and I think I would have liked Galvatron better had he not been Megatron, but I still preferred Megatron to Galvatron, yeah. you know. So they were just kind of replacing a lot of characters you loved, yeah. and the uh, subsequent seasons weren't as exciting, I guess. They were maybe, maybe more interesting, maybe, but they didn't have the same characters. Uh, I, I, was, I was so upset by the whole um, Hot Rod thing that the Christmas after the movie came out, I went up to Chicago to see my, my mom's parents, and they got me a uh, Transformer, and everybody did. But that was my big Transformer for the year, whatever they got me. Mm-hmm. I opened it, and it was Hot Rod. <laughs> and I was just, like, so upset. And, of course, like, I couldn't really show it, because, you know, back then I knew, like, you know, I just you know, act happy. Right. Uh, but, but, yeah, I just, that, that's my least played with Transformer. I think, you know, I took it home, and it just kind of stayed on the, the shelf or whatever. Yeah, it was just like it was tough for me because I loved Prime so much to see somebody else take over. Well, that you know, that's kind of I think one of the the only disappointing thing about the Transformers was when you got to Troy, they didn't transform like they did on the TV show. No, you know, they were different. Like you know, because the real life, you know, the TV show, they were like really smooth and and there were puzzles. I mean, yeah, yeah, like five ten minutes to change them. And they look kind of weird when they were humanoid form. You're like, yeah. uh, I was like, this is not like. And some of them had like, there were some because of the way they transformed, they didn't move a certain way. You know what yeah. I mean? Like their legs would be locked together, or they, yeah, they yeah. couldn't move at all. Like, yeah, arms wouldn't move to the side. Yeah, like Cup yeah. Had moved like, his arms with his legs and stuff. Barbies out of like Disney characters. You know, it's disappointing because they don't look quite right. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like Barbie by Disney. Yeah, it's like Barbie by Disney. They used to come with instructions, too, on how to transform well, the Transformer. They did, yeah. How are the Transformers now? Are they better as far as transfor- the, so the toys? the normal Transformers are like, they're, uh, of course, more plastic. Yeah. Um, they're, they, they're easier to transform. Okay. Because they kind of make them for younger kids. And they, oh, okay. They know these days kids won't sit down for half an hour and, like, you know, mess with the Transformer yeah. to get it, you know, from two and back robot but they do um if you go to pack rat comics uh they do have you know die cast transformers they they reissue them uh they're pretty expensive because again they're metal like they yeah were when we were kids uh but that they don't really have like a lot of the really creative toys like remember the ones that would like spark They'd have those cars. Yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. And it'd have like the headmaster things with the yeah the on it, and they yeah. I remember the headmaster power. toys. Was um, it wasn't uh, Optimus Prime a headmaster? They did have an Optimus headmaster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, the the toy design back in the eighties, it, it 
I don't want to sound like a crotchety old man, but yeah. I mean, it, it was a lot, lot different because kids had put more value into toys because there weren't, you know, video games weren't as big of a thing. Right. Um, there, you know, in, no internet. There wasn't really cable, so kids would sit down and play with toys a lot. So there was a lot more thought put into these toys. Uh, but you know, again, like there, there still are some cool Transformers toys, and you know, whenever I go to Target, I just kind of go up and down the aisles to. To see, like, it, it, it's mostly the same toys we had. It's just, you know. I do the same thing with the Barbies. Yeah. Like, what kind of Barbie are they selling now? Mm-hmm. What does she look like? What is she wearing? But my kids, um, you know, they're, I have three girls, so they're not uh, that all interested in, um, I guess, the Transformers. But at, at my youngest one, actually, she watched the movie with me because she likes robots. So she actually sat there for a good hour oh, watching. Wow. Which oh, cool. Which neat. Um, but I know she likes robots, so like you know, BB-8. She'll just watch the movie just for that. She'll get mad when BB-8 is not on the screen. Right. <laughs> you know, it's interesting when you mention that movie. I feel like that's the Star Wars equivalent of this movie. The transition of of from the the old characters that everyone loved to a new generation of characters. When you think about it, much better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> much better version of that, and also a death of a of a, a beloved character in both movies. You know. That's true. Yeah. Actually, so. Grimlock was a very good design. The old Grim- Grimlock toy. Yeah. That was really cool. He looked a lot like his character. Yeah, he does. That actually is an excellent design there. Um, of course, it's a dinosaur, so I guess you can't... You can actually have more... Yeah. 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 So, yeah. The, I guess the, the fallout of this movie... I mean, several fronts here. So, as far as the cartoon went, it actually, they brought Optimus Prime back, as you, know, as you said before. Mm-hmm. And it was actually... They, 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 they kept a lot of this uh, legend-type stuff in their mythology. Yeah. So the cartoon actually became better. Mm-hmm. Um, but the movie did really, really, really bad. Like, it opened up in 14th place. Um, it cost $6 million to make, which back for a cartoon was, you know, That's absurd. Yeah. Um, it, it, they lost, uh, with marketing and everything, I think they lost like $10 million or something. Wow, like. that's crazy. Um, yeah, I don't think I saw it in theaters myself. I don't think it was out there long enough to go see. No, it wasn't. I saw yeah. it on tape for the first time. Me too. Because it came out in August. I remember uh, an anecdote with that is it came out at, at the very first video store in Niles, Ohio, where Scott and I are from, mm-hmm. called First Row Video. And Scott and I would beg the lady there, when's it coming out? Oh, next week, kids, next week. Yeah. <laughs> she got really annoyed by us really quickly. Yeah, because we never saw it in the theater, I don't think. No, we saw it on tape, and we loved it when yeah. we finally saw it. Uh, probably was one of the first tapes that I think we actively went after because that was when VHS tapes were really coming into uh, yeah, play. From, from beta, yeah. It was eighty six, eighty seven. Yeah, but you know, like you guys thought, I had a love hate relationship with this movie because I hated that the like you guys said they killed, killed all the, the they killed Optimus Prime, which I was just I, I remember <laughs> even then I was like I didn't get, I didn't get that I didn't either. even though I liked the battle they had I thought that was really cool and it was really good really nice animation I liked the fact that you know I liked the final hammer hit that he gives the Megatron and he falls down I was really I don't know I wasn't a violent kid but <laughs> I really liked the deaths in these movies I really liked watching them I remember they had a comic book based on the movie and I watched it and I was just like I, my favorite part was when they killed all the Autobots I mean it's just so stupid because I didn't like it because I didn't like the new characters but it was done in a very cinematic way yeah and very kind cinematic of captivating and, yeah. and uh, I was just like oh that's really I, I just like like you said the smoke when they get there like smoke comes out of their eyes like wow I wish they did it on a TV show where they because they just seem to miss a lot or 
<laughs> it's just constant firing. It's a lot, like A team ish, you know. Yeah. You know, nobody yeah. got hurt. Nobody got hurt. They just rumbled, you know, in, yeah. in the streets. Well, I like the part where Optimus Prime is driving the car and he just like hits something and he flies up and he transforms and he's. I mean, that was really cool. Yeah. And he yeah. gets the gun out and he's shooting and. He was more badass than he was on the TV show as Optimus Prime. He was more Clint Eastwoody, you know, in that part. But, uh, um, yeah, but I, I always liked Unicron. I always like I like the music. I guess we could talk about the soundtrack. That's a, that's a good idea, yeah. The the score. I'm not talking about, like, the the, the heavy metal part, but the, the actual score or the music, which is the same guy that did Rocky IV. Vince DiCola, yeah. Vince DiCola. But the Unicron music is, you know, I always thought that, that I was like, wow, that's really interesting music for Transformers. That is. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It, it's, it's, it's hypnotic, especially when he's transforming yeah. Gal- Megatron into Galatron yeah. with all those graphics and you hear that music in the background. It's yeah. captivating stuff. Yeah, that was really artistic the way they did it with the yeah. lines. The lines would go over and they morph and they turn around. I was like, wow, that's really cool. That was, uh, Behold, Galatron. Yeah, I mean, and who better to announce it than Orson Welles? Yeah. But, uh, like, this, if you listen to the Unicron theme, the Ivan Drago theme from Rocky IV is ex- almost identical to the Unicron. Yeah. Not exactly, but there's you could tell they're from the same composer and their variances. I, I, I truly think that the movie drops off after that point, like, for me. Because yeah. all the new characters are pretty much done at that point. yeah. And, yeah. Uh, well, I would say after he kills Starscream because I need another death. <laughs> I need to see one. I need to see a gruesome death. Um, but yeah, this movie did warp you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't so cool looking, I would probably would not have been into it. But they made it so cool. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. if your Statue of Liberty character was? I was like, I want to go kill some Autobots after watching this movie. <laughs> Even Unicron <laughs> crushing planets. Was... You're reaffirming Tony's complaints about the movie. Yes, it did have an effect. I wanted to go out right. and kill some Autobots I'm after just watching. Saying, it's for young boys, it's very impressionable. It is Apparently very... for older boys. Like us. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just want to kill an Autobot right now for some reason. I want to see the Autobot and see if their eyes smoke out like they do in the show. Um. I wanted to go around too. Like, who's your favorite Transformer? I'll, I'll go around the room and, and we'll start with Josh. Well, you know, yeah, I know it's Starscream. Starscream yeah. Are there any other favorites like in your back pocket outside of Starscream? Um, at Soundwave, uh, especially that—that that was my favorite Transformer toy. I just thought it was really cool the way it transformed. You can put different tapes into it. Yeah. Um, but I, um, uh, the the dinosaur fortress thing, and I keep forgetting his name. Because I keep thinking it's Tyrion, but I know it's not Tyrion. I just, you know. The Trypticon. Trypticon. Yeah. Just, yeah, the, the words stick in my mind. Yeah, those, those were definitely my favorite toys. Yeah, I, I, my favorites were uh, Starscream, obviously, we talked about. Starscream is just treacherous. I think he's a, a really one of, probably one of the best characters to come out of the 80s, pop culture. Yeah. You know, I think he's, he's fantastic. And Jazz, you know, because Jazz had Scatman Crothers' voice, and he was just cool. And I, I like Prime and Bumblebee, like everyone else, but. Starscream and Jazz are probably my favorites. Yeah. Well, I love the, the I always I love dinosaurs, so I love the Dinobots, even though I don't remember owning them any of them because they were really high priced toys yes. back then. So I did have Trypticon, so I did get my Phil there, who never appeared <laughs> basically in anything. I think it was in a comic book once. Um, I like Optimus Prime, obviously, and I like the original characters. You know. Um, I like Megatron. I mean, I don't like the character. He's evil, but right. I like I like uh, you like the relationship between him yeah. and Starscream, and 
I mean, the ones that kill Ironhide, I, I mean, I guess. I like them. <laughs> I, I like Jazz. Jazz stands out to me. Because a lot of them really run together. I don't know. I can't tell the difference between them yeah. really now. But Jazz and... Uh, um, who's the... Who's like the... Analog to shock uh, sound sound wave. blaster blaster yeah, yeah I always like blaster all right prime I got it. you know you can do the same thing he's a he plays music <laughs> um, and and oh I remember receptor too it was like the British one. a perceptor yeah, Perce- yeah not yeah. perceptor yeah, yeah, yeah. perceptor I'm sorry he perceives because <laughs> he's a he's a microscope right right yeah yeah he becomes a, he's a scientist yeah. he's a microscope scientist but those are I like those guys. Tony, who's your uh, favorite Transformer? Um, my favorite Transformer is Madonna because yeah. she can transform herself into different you know, characters that we see. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Although Madonna is fabulous, and mm-hmm. I love her reinvention abilities. Um, by virtue of being a woman and liking the color pink, in the spirit of that, I have to say RC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, mission accomplished by Hasbro. <laughs> <laughs> They're yeah, probably like, that's a win. Some, some Hasbro I mean, exec you know. listening in a nursing home now. <laughs> <laughs> we did our job, guys. We could Honestly, sleep. though, it was nice to at least see a girl. Yeah, yeah. that's so, good. I mean, it's someone that you can relate a to. A lot of, you know, action-type cartoons or things like that, you know, women are kind of excluded. Or if they are involved, they're just a low... Well, I mean, even R.C. was kind of a supporting character, I guess. In the yeah. movie, I mean, she had a bigger role in the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, nobody got much attention in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, so it was nice to see a girl. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and she's an excellent character. Like, I liked R.C., and I think she was one of the, the better characters they came up with from that new branch. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about the voice work. We touched on it briefly, but I think guys like Frank Welker... we should discuss because those guys are brilliant like mm-hmm. like he did Megatron Soundwave Rumble and Frenzy but this is a guy who also did Fred from Scooby-Doo yeah. and Slimer from the real Ghostbusters he's like the Mel Blanc of his generation like just just could just do <laughs> all these multitude oh, yeah. of different characters <laughs> well Slimer is the... <laughs> I thought um wasn't that Dave Coulier it wasn't? Am I thinking of a different voice? Maybe Coulier took over for Welker, because I know Welker said he did Slimer, and he also did Baby Kermit on the Muppet Babies. Yeah, that's right. And I think and Coulier sure I took Coulier it. did Animal. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm crossing streams. Yeah. Okay. I just found out that Welker did Stripe, the Gremlin Stripe, in the live-action movie. Wow. Yeah, he was the voice of Stripe in that movie. So, he was a pretty great talent. I guess... There was a guy named Wally Burr, who was the voice director for both G.I. Joe and Transformers, the Sunbow Marvel properties. And he was like a taskmaster. He wasn't mean, but he was a perfectionist. He wanted to get everything out of those guys that he could with the characters. He had an exact, I guess they said he had a very exacting idea of how he wanted the characters to sound and how they delivered dialogue. So if they ran, because usually when he would do voiceover work, he would just go in, record your lines and leave. But these guys, he would go, no, I want you to have more emotion in your voice for this, or do that. And they, they thought that that's why that resonates with a bit more, is because he put so much effort into the voice work yeah. on the show. And I mean, with, with, with Colin, they, he still does Prime's voice. He does. That's how iconic he is with this, this franchise. Like, nobody else is going to be able to do Prime. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I mean, he's great. And, and I, I, I actually think whatever issues we have with this, this movie on that topic... The, the Michael Bay movies are just kind of 
abominations for any kind of movie. Yeah, like, I, mean, just... I can only speak to the first one, but yeah, yeah, it just it didn't feel like Transformers at all. No, like, they didn't even look like Transformers. Well, part of the problem with the live-action Transformers movie is you're emphasizing the humans over the Transformers anyway. Yeah, which the cartoon never made that mistake. No, they always focused on the Transformers, you know. The humans are secondary characters to the Transformers. Yeah. You know. Which yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So what's your overall impression of the movie uh, now, having watched it as an adult? Um, I, I guess I... I'm seeing it with different eyes now. There, I mean, I, I can appreciate things now I couldn't when I was a kid. So I can appreciate, you know, like we were talking about the voice work and, you know, the animation. But everything else, like, I felt I, I, I felt like I kept looking down at my phone just waiting for this thing to end. Yeah. I was the same way. Yeah. And I didn't want to be like that. I, I, I was like, well, maybe I'll, I'll really like it now. Maybe back then I just didn't like dark storylines. But... No, like, now I can kind of see past it, especially when I, you know, saw that really the point of the movie was just marketing, just to kill off, to make new toys. Yeah. Um, but it did bring about some good things, like, you know, a better quality TV show, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's aged. We'll put, we'll put it that way. It, it, it aged toward, like, everything you could possibly think of in an 80s movie was in this. <laughs> Like, yeah. You know, Judd Nelson, Casey Kasem, the Micro Machines guy, um, Weird Al Yankovic, yeah. uh, like a very 80s soundtrack. Uh, it, it, it Really, it, it's just a very, it's a microcosm of the 80s. Yeah, it is. Um, my take on it is uh, similar, like I, I definitely recognize its flaws, but I think for nostalgic purposes I still enjoy it for what it is, because it, it is... It does bring me back to 1986 when I'm watching it. Like, I do come back to childhood when I'm watching this movie in a, in a good way. You know, like, it's like, oh, this, this was a fun cartoon. I love the voice work. That's the one thing I, I really like is the characterizations of Jazz and Starscream and Bumblebee. Like, I appreciate all that stuff. The second half gets clunky. A lot of those planets aren't as interesting as they probably wanted them to be. Like, yeah. the kangaroo courts and the junk and i'm not really a big 80s hair metal guy <laughs> it kind of works for the movie but I, I agree with scott the score is compelling in certain quarters and i think wells does a fantastic job as unicron but um the voice work even from the celebrities like leonard nimoy and robert stack are all great but there's no real gateway for this movie to somebody who didn't either grow up with that or ever watch the tv show no, like it's not a movie that you could just like hey Watch this, and you'll love the Transformers. I don't think that would happen. I, I think that they would be like more confused than ever by watching this because it doesn't really set up the major, the core conflict of these two no, factions. It's like watching the middle of an episode of something. Yeah, it is. It's basically an extended episode of the TV show with a higher budget, yeah. essentially. So, yeah, me, uh, I, I do have a nostalgia for this movie because I just remember watching it a lot and the music really hit me i don't know why it's not like i sit down but i i, I have downloaded the score a couple times on yeah. my phone and <laughs> listened to the unicron store That's uh, cool. just because i i guess it evokes memories of childhood because this was a big big deal at the time um but watching it now i mean I, like i said i think it loses steam after a lot of the the characters that you grew up liking even though their deaths are gorgeous looking um, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that they're not there anymore really really oh these are you know even tony who doesn't have a relationship I, 
she did feel sad when Optimus Prime died. So that character, you could see how powerful he was, just even if you didn't know much about the, the show. Um, I think it's the mouth. The mouth, yeah. <laughs> and the voice. I mean, it's just like, oh, he sounds like he's he's a good guy. Yeah. You know? And he was. Um, I feel bad for Macho Magnus. I guess that's the thing that hit me watching it. Mom, I feel bad for him. I didn't really like that. Because he didn't really do any... I guess he's not... Maybe he's not leadership worthy, but I don't think he deserved to, to go through that. That be, I think it's tough to when your your expectations aren't met. You know, yeah. when, like you expect to like oh, and I guess you could say he kind of expected stuff like that. I mean, uh, you could say it's kind of bullshit when he says I'm just a soldier. He's like you, your name is Ultra Magnus. You fucking knew this was gonna. <laughs> you look like Optimus Prime, right? Uh, but. Yeah, I think uh, the voice works great. I think I like the animation for what it is. Um, you know, I get a kick out of, like, <laughs> in the 80s, it was a big thing to take your theme and turn it into a heavy metal song. <laughs> right. Like, that was that was just the thing to do. You knew it was a movie and a big deal if they changed the theme up. Uh-huh. They do that now, kind of. Like, they yeah, change with, it to the theme. With dubstep. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, I think uh, it's if you're a fan of the series and you haven't seen it, I think it's worth checking out. But uh, I, the effects that it had aren't that lasting because a lot of the stuff they ended up undoing anyway. So um, that's just my take on it. <laughs> and Tony? Um, I guess for some of the reasons I discussed throughout the podcast, it just really wasn't necessarily my cup of tea. Um, I, it was a little bit hard for me to get through because I didn't grow up with it. I didn't know backstory. I had absolutely no relationship or context to really what I was watching, <laughs> with the exception of the Michael Bay film, <laughs> to know some of the characters. Um, I certainly appreciate it, you know, and the impact that it certainly had for you guys and for many other boys and people, I'm sure, throughout um, pop culture, but uh, it's probably not something I'm ever going to watch again by choice. I mean, you know, like I said, I I understand um, how you boys feel about it. You know, there are movies that I feel the same way you feel about this about. Yeah. That you watch as an adult and you're thinking, what? Mm -hmm. Uh, Power Rangers, you know, is kind of a good example. But, uh, no, I I do think there are some redeeming elements about it. Like, I understand the animation was kind of cutting edge at the time and... Um, I do like the score as well, and then the voice actors are great. I mean, it really is an all-star cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think it's better for a boy. <laughs> one thing I wanted to add... <laughs> one thing I wanted to add is, do you think the Transformers as a franchise has a p- the potential to make something good as far as the film's concerned? Do you think that there's potential still there, or do you think that this is a property that's pretty much stuck in the 80s? Um... You know, I think if they cut out the live-action stuff, mm-hmm. uh, I think it could be good. Like, I really don't know why they haven't made, like, a really good computer-animated Transformers movie. Yeah, that would, like a like a Toy Story kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I mean, not I, saying, like, Toy yeah, Story. But, yeah, you no, know, like, you know, something like a big studio. Like, okay, Disney kind of yeah. owns Transformers now, don't they? Well, they own Marvel. Because they own Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's a Marvel property. I think it's still a Hasbro, Hasbro? property, yeah. I mean, either way, Hasbro... They could still go through Disney to make it, I they guess. Still, they still could, but, like, as far as, like, media goes, like, Transformers is kind of spotty. Like, I think there was, like, that preschool thing. 
Um, you know, there was, they tried to bring it back with Beast Wars and things like that, but, I mean, that was, you know, not that good. Yeah. So, uh, there's there's definitely... And they're not going to stop the Michael Bay thing, so I think they're making new ones, aren't they? Oh, they're making tons of money in, like, China yeah. and stuff. So. Uh, they're made for China, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> <But> he, <laughs> That's a loaded... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the toys are still really popular. They could, yeah. they could do a lot with it. So, it's Transformers despite its best efforts, still have really... They're still around. Yeah. In, in a big way. Mm-hmm. They are. I do like the theme song, too. Oh, it's a great theme oh. song, yeah. Mm-hmm. It grabs you every time. Um, well, I always, like, uh, conclude the podcast by talking about, like... Uh, I always say the best way to watch a movie outside of a theater is on Blu-ray. And this week, the 30th anniversary edition of this movie is out on Blu-ray... Even if you're turned off by the movie, I think you'll love if you like the Transformers all the special features on this. I it's need super to see that. it's great. Like they have a couple documentaries about behind the scenes anecdotes and stories about getting the actors involved and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's fun. It's fun to watch. Like they they basically make fun of the same things we make fun of with like like tr- Prime's trailer and uh, Astro Train and stuff like that. <laughs> So, uh, it's great. It just came out this week. Uh, I think they have a widescreen and full-screen edition. Uh, so, I highly recommend that. That's a, that's a good Blu-ray purchase. Oh. And uh, I want to thank Josh for being our guest today. Okay, He's, it was fantastic. Yeah, yes. Three times, you know. Uh, thanks for having me again. Always... Absolutely. Oh, anytime. Uh, Josh, is there anything that you wanted to plug? I know you have a couple shows coming up this year, so yeah, they're both yours. I know they are. <laughs> <laughs> we're all okay. We're all in sync with this. Well, I don't know. Depending on when this airs, we have uh, uh, our tenth anniversary reunion of uh, Squishy. Yes, up. right. That's going to be part of the Columbus Uns- Unscripted Improv Festival, and I think that takes place the week of October eighteenth through the twenty. Third. third, yeah, it's the Thursday night we're on, right? Yeah, we're on the Thursday. We're closing it, aren't we? Uh, no, we're the, one of the opening, uh, nights of that festival, you know, so, so we're doing that, like, the festival in general does a lot of workshops and, and shows, you know, throughout, and they get people throughout the country to come in, it's, it's kind of an exciting week, so I think it's from, like, 18th to the 24th is when that takes place, and you can go to ColumbusUnscripted.com for further information on that. And then we have uh, a show that we're all part of that'll be debuting on stage in December called The Putts, which stars all four of Scott, Tony, and Josh are all in the, in the production, directed by me, uh, Sean Wheeler, <laughs> 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 truly, to confirm. So uh, a lot of exciting stuff going down the pike. Um, and yeah, that should be it for this week. Thanks again, Josh. Or, yeah, do you guys have anything? Thanks. Yeah. No, I mean, we have Improv Wars. Uh, Sean and I are doing the Wheeler Brothers, which will probably be the week that we turn this out. Um, So it'll be October 6th. Yeah. And um, also we'll be performing that night uh, with Squishy um, um, in the Columbus Unscripted Festival. Right. So, uh, and follow Cinema Wheelite on Twitter and like us on Facebook and... Uh, so so give us a review. Give us a re- uh, five-star review on iTunes. If you like what you hear. Yes. I expect a lot of post-production Autobot sound. Yeah. Right? yeah me too. By the way. Yes. Me too. We'll, we'll try to get... the eye. Yeah. yeah. We'll try to get... Uh, <laughs> it's my best robot voice. It'll probably be all Unicron. This is highly dubious. Uh, <laughs> it'll be good. Well, thank you very much, everybody, and we'll uh, see you next time. Bye.
bargaining posture is highly dubious, but very well. I will provide you with a new body and new troops to command. And? And nothing. You belong to me now.